In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, are we influencing others in a positive or a negative way? Or perhaps are you abusing your influence over others? Or is someone abusing their influence over you? Well, welcome to Girlfriend It, a great place to connect and learn how to laugh and lead your life. This is Patty and Lisa. Well, Patty, you have been influencing all over the place this summer, and I think primarily at camps because you have a plethora <laughs> of children in the little tribe, and you have been trying to go to camps with each one of them. And uh, I actually noticed that um, you are now donning wearing a toe ring, which I've never seen on your toe, <laughs> and knowing you and your personality, I'm not sure who had the most influence this summer, if you had influence on these kids or if they had influence on you. Just saying. Uh, well, I hope I had just as much influence on them in a positive way that they had on me. It's been a phenomenal summer, and I have enjoyed every single second of it. But this well, has been a hard. This has been a hard summer for you and I because we've been separated longer than we ever have before in our eleven years of friendship. We've been grieving I this. I, I don't even. I don't even remember what you look like. So you're gonna have to send me pictures because it's like I kind of. I kind of remember you, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of grieving, because we've been grieving our spending our time together, and um, I just one night I had. This summer, uh, while you were out, I think you were playing reindeer games out at camp in the woods with a bunch of um, <laughs> junior high kids or something. But um, it went beyond grieving for me. I was like craving my buddy, really needing you there because um, we I went out with a, a team, a group of our gals, and uh, we're going to get heavy here a little bit. I think we're going to dive right in because we have a show today that is just going to be so. I think impactful in so many ways. I know for us, we're really excited about our guests, but we do want to talk a little bit about um, this topic. And I know for some of us, we're talking about um, spiritual abuse. And I know for some people, it really is kind of a foreign new concept. And so I got to actually kind of experience it this summer. And I didn't do it without you. And so that was not good. So I was really grieving my buddy with you, with me. But um, as most of our listeners know, we have a ministry that goes into strip clubs, and we take cupcakes um, to the gals and to the bouncers and, um, and go in and just to kind of love on the gals and just say, hey, we, um, we just love you, and, you know, we just, 
just appreciate you as a person and just want to get to know you. And so we do that about once a month. And normally uh, we have we have this team that we have we've all kind of you know kind of trained together, kind of on the same page, know what we're doing, go in. And so we normally we pre-qualify team members. Um, who go in with us. We don't just take somebody new to go in because it's a whole different dynamics. But on this particular occasion, we had several variables that gave us the green light to accept a new gal to go in with us. And uh, we actually had credible people who kind of give us some recommendation for this person and say, you know, she really would like to go in with you guys and here's why and kind of here's her background. And kind of you would even pre-qualify her over the phone and talk to her. And, uh, and then our team director had met with her and personally just talked to her. But what we didn't know um, was that when the, the evening came to actually go into the club was that she was inviting a friend that was coming for the first time that none of us had ever met. Well, that's what's so hard is, is just when you think you're following all the rules, you know, the, the enemy comes along and blindsides you. And, and by enemy, I mean just... The, the the encounter of uh, spiritual bout, battles and just in the spiritual realm, you're just not even paying attention to that. Even though we should be all the time, you're always a bit befuddled when when you watch this kind of activity unfold that you're you're talking about here. Well, and you know what? I, you, talking about unfolding, you're right because we started right in the beginning, started seeing some red flags unfold, and because normally we meet together. Before we go in, as you know, we meet and we pray and we just kind of rally together before we go in as a team into the club. And so this particular night, we had all kind of rallied together at a Starbucks, and we were all there as a team, and we were talking, and then um, these two new gals walked in. But two of our team members, um, it was really cool that night. We were all really excited. There was this excitement about going in because two of our team members had just returned from a national training with Triple X Church, and they were just sharing some things that they had gleaned and, and some things just to kind of help us always sharpen and just, you know, there's a different lens and maybe there's some things that we could do differently. And so they're sharing around the table. We're having this great conversation, like I said, this excitement to hear, you know, just from a fresh perspective. And all of a sudden, talk about unfolding, the red flag started kind of coming out because it was the friend that was invited with this gal started being started kind of dominating the conversation, which should have been our first red flag. And she started taking over and giving her opinion and giving her input. And, you know, things that if we had listened to her would never have allowed us to get into the front door. We know certain things. You don't take Bibles in right away. You don't go in there praying right away or they'll never let you in the door. And so she... Well, and I, I have to stop you there, Lise, because we get, you know kind of criticized on this quite a bit that we're going into the clubs and we're not going in, you know, with Bibles or we don't necessarily go in and just bombard them and say, Hey, let me, let me pray with you. Now I can see why people have that perspective that if you're going in there, you know, bring the sword of God, absolutely. But we are praying. It is so prayed up before we even go in to the walls of the strip club. And we we're not going in there. We, the way you and I look at it, it's a, if we were, you know, sitting here in, in the studio and someone walks in all of a sudden and starts saying, hey, I want to pray with you or, you know, I want to read the scripture or here, do you have a Bible? It's as if they're automatically assuming and judging us that we are not where we should be in our walk with the Lord. And we want to establish those relationships first before we all of a sudden start just bombarding them. 
um, with, with Jesus. And so, you know, we always laugh because we say we don't want to throw Jesus up on them. We want to establish a relationship. And then as they're asking the questions, we can give them the truth. And um, that's what's hard is when you haven't guided someone along with what our vision is on that. Well, and they obviously had, a, had a, an agenda, and they had a different opinion and mindset. And so we actually started seeing that unfolding. It was one of those things we left Starbucks as a team, and I think we could all sense, okay, this is, there's something, there's a dynamic here that's happening that we're unaware of. And you know what? So many times you can look at something and go, okay, right there. Had I known as the evening progressed what was going to unfold, there's some things I would have done on the front end, but we don't always know that. And so I remember walking to the car, and all of us, we got in three different cars. I went by myself, and they were in two different cars because I had to go to another place. So as we were walking to the parking lot, we all gave each other this look like pray. Because we knew there was something going on, and we knew we needed the protection. So we get to the first, the first club, and we had eight of us, which we only take four in because you don't want to bombard them and overwhelm them going in. So we said four of us are going to stay here in the parking lot and pray. Four of us are going to go in. And uh, I remember thinking we need to divide these two up a little bit and give them, you know, because we're going to like three different clubs that night. And so I was going to stay in the parking lot and pray. So these gals went in, the first team went in. And so the rest of us were just getting to know each other with this new gal and talking and, you know, just having praying and, you know, to ourselves and everything. Well, the team comes out and, they, and our, the gals from our, our team are like, okay, that was amazing. They were so open and we got to just say, well, the cupcake. We had some great dialogue, great conversations, and they were excited because they got to connect with some girls ongoing that we've been established relationships with, and the girls were very accepting. And this one girl came out, and she told us the story how this, this gal had told her she was, you know, living in a hotel, and she goes, I told her that was unacceptable, and I just prayed right there on the spot with her. And the rest of us kind of cringed because we know that you have to be so discerning, like you said, when you're in their environment. And so... And we go to the next club aware that, okay, we really need prayer for Hesha protection. We're, we're in a dynamics now that if God doesn't show up, this could really go south. And I remember even in that moment texting you going, please pray. <laughs> I, I can't oh. go into details, but pray. <laughs> when I got that text, I just, it came over me. I mean, I just knew you guys were dealing with something that was dark and just kept praying and praying and praying and you know just the power of prayer is amazing you know obviously we know that's what um, moves the hand of God and without that you just you can't go in Um, but okay so so keep going this is amazing how it unfolds well you know what we only have I'm going to do really quickly because what happened in the second club as we divided so the next group went into this club this was a club that it was the second time we've been in they had not allowed us to go inside the interior to the dressing room with the girls, which you know we do. So we wanted to be cautious going into this club. So I, you know, we set, we divide them again. Well, the, the girls already, these two new girls were arguing with us because they both wanted to go in. And we were like, no, one of you's already been in. The other one's going to go in. So already there was this friction. So this next team goes in. They come out. The, our team is going, it was amazing. We took in these cupcakes. And they happen to have Hello Kitty cupcakes. And they go, okay, it was so cool because one gal in there has a Hello Kitty tattoo and a necklace, and she saw the Hello Kitty cupcakes, and she went nuts and wanted her picture taken with them. And they were going, how cool that God uses a Hello Kitty cupcake to make a connection with somebody and help this girl feel loved. And so we were all, like, going, this is so cool. Well, all of a sudden, as we're going, 
so cool and thinking, God, this other gal, this new gal, immediately comes to me and starts verbally attacking me because saying, this is not of God. We do not know what we're doing. We are led by man. And this unloads. And I got to tell you, it was one of those moments going, I'm in a, a spiritual war right now. And I, it was the closest Patty I've ever come to feeling like I was going to get hit. And um, <laughs> I started praying, and I thought, I'm going to have a girl fight here in the parking lot of a strip club. But um, I know we have to go take a commercial break. We'll, we'll come back. We're going to keep talking about the spiritual views because it's very real. It's happening, and we all experience it. Stay with us. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. 25 breaks, a couple of tackles. And look at go! He could go all the way! Touchdown! 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 Get ready for some football. Talk, that is, with Confessions of a College Football Rules Violator with Lance Siegel on Toginet.com Tuesday nights at 11 Central. This is your chance with Lance and his friends to share opinions about last weekend's sporting events. All the sports networks and TV shows have shown their top ten at least a hundred times. And the commentators and guest analysts have gone over every single slow motion instant replay, and yet there are still some of us fans who want to wring the referee's neck or fire the coach or kick the player off the team. So let's do it. Here with Confessions of a College Football Rules Violator. So enjoy next week's games, then be here to talk about them with Lance. It's cathartic, soul-cleansing, and gives you one more chance to scream about a bad call. It's Confessions of a College Football Rules Violator with Lance Siegel. Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central on Togginet.com. The Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss. Thursday afternoons at 1, noon Central, is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth? Earth is your local church. They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, when we left our last segment, I was in the middle of telling the story that was very uh, dramatic and traumatic in so many different levels. I remember that night because you were not with me. We were not a wee thing that night. And I was texting <laughs> you 
in between conversations. And as I as I left this, we were standing in the in the parking lot of a strip club with this gal verbally attacking. And you know what? I saw our team. Um, it was one of those things you go, okay, God, just give me the words, give me the countenance, because I am. I really thought she was going to come at me. And uh, the girl's whole presence. Um, her whole demeanor changed. I saw fire in her eyes. I saw the presence. Her body went kind of out of control. She would have to walk away and come back. I, I tried to calm her and just be calm with words. Um, she, she was very irrational. She was very, um, she was very accusatory, saying we're not spiritual enough, we're not doing the right thing, taking my words and twisting them. And at one point she twisted something I said, and she kept saying, this is what you're saying. And I said, no, 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 that's not what I say. Well, it was interesting. She even asked her friend, didn't she say that? And her friend said, I didn't hear that. So she was not even getting the support she was looking for, which put her in more kind of an anchor uh, spot. And our team just kind of separated themselves and started praying. And uh, I just remember just these emotions. And we finally had to end because people were coming out of the club, and we all got in our cars, and we started driving. And, Patty, I have no emotions for what was going on inside of me. You know how your stomach just gets in your body? You're just like... You're kind of shaking inside because you don't even have, I don't even have the words to put how I was feeling because I just got, I just got verbally attacked and I recognized. Well, and that, that's the thing right there, at least, is that when you get so revved up like that, I mean, you know, Jesus was angry too, that that's when you, you can look back in hindsight, there were so many red flags to bringing this gal in. And I think the biggest thing just for our listeners to go, okay, if they're not, if they don't have the, the attributes, you know, the fruit of the spirit, then that should be a red flag that, okay, we're not going in and being united as a team. And, and, um, the, it is, it is a great, great story. And it's so good because we can learn from that. Although it would have been funnier had she decked you. I, I would have been more into that story. I know. You but, would have um, loved that. You would have loved to see with a black eye or something. I know. Just because it would make a great story. But I'm sorry I didn't give you that satisfaction. But I know. It was but we, here, in our we, car. we are so excited to have our next guest on the show. And he is going to have some stories. Um, hopefully, uh Hopefully they won't top yours, Lisa, but his name is Jack Watts, and he was also a victim of religious abuse himself, and recognizing that this happens all the time and that millions of people have been wounded by religion, uh, he has created you know, a much-needed recovery program in recovering from religious abuse, and he addresses these hurts that have taken place uh, to others through churches, psychologically, financially, even emotionally, and and um, some of us don't even realize and don't even know and haven't titled, you know, or labeled that there is is such a thing as spiritual abuse. So we want to welcome you, Jack, and we are so excited to, to hear what you have to say and to get through some of these steps of how we can recover from spiritual abuse. Welcome, Jack. Well, thank you so much. How nice to be with you today. Here I am in um, Atlanta, where it's uh, not quite as hot as it is in um, Arizona, but it's definitely hot. <laughs> we have to dry heat, Jack, remember? Yeah, right. <laughs> and you can take a shower and never dry off. <laughs> I actually prefer the dry heat. I know that, that just people don't get that, but I like drying off. I like getting out of the pool and actually being dry. So <laughs> There you go. 
Well, Jack, you have a really interesting story, and we hate just to dive in, um, but we are going to because the show just goes by way too quickly, and we would love to hear exactly what happened um, just in, in growing up. I know you grew up in a, a, the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith. If you can share a little bit about what took place. Well, I, I grew up in uh, Roman Catholicism before Vatican II, which uh, was really a medieval religion. It, uh, it very different than what Catholicism is like now. And I grew up in a uh, Roman Catholic family in, in Boston, Massachusetts. So it was a wild ride. We were at church all the time, and I had uh, numerous experiences, uh, you know, with uh, priests and nuns that were extremely unpleasant. Uh, You know, one of them I I remember during my first Holy Communion, the little boy next to me uh, dropped the host when he was at the communion rail, the little round wafer on the ground, and the, um, the priest scooped it up, put it in his own mouth, and then slapped the little boy across the face. And nobody was offended at what the priest had done. I was just terrified. I was close to wetting my pants, but I didn't. You know, I was just a seven-year-old. But that developed not fear of God, but terror of God. Later, a much different thing. And uh, as I grew up, uh, I wanted to get away from... Um, Roman Catholicism and Boston and all the dysfunction that was in my family and everything. So <clears throat> I went to the University of Georgia, uh, you know, where, boy, I'll tell you what, I let it all go. The very first day I walked around campus, I, I probably uh, should have gone to the infirmary to, um, to be treated for a sunburned tongue. After looking <laughs> at how all those pretty girls when I was a freshman in college, I said, this is for me. It was like, it was like the, uh, you know, the place for where Pinocchio went with all the boys to do all that. And, and, and I, uh, you know, lived a fraternity life for, you know, for quite a while and uh, really got uh, to the end of myself. And somebody from Campus Crusade came and witnessed to me and told me that God loved me and had a plan for my life. And I was just like, he loves me. What? That just didn't make any sense to me at all. And, you know, and he asked me to pray with him, which I wouldn't do. I mean, Catholics don't like to pray with people like that. But he left, and I ended up (laughs) um, in my chapter room of my fraternity, you know, with the jukebox on all night long, smoking Marlboro's, uh, reading the Bible for the first time in my life, and actually invited Christ to come into my life saying Hail Marys. Um, Fast forward, we broke off from Campus Crusade and reconvened in Isla Vista, California, which is right there at UCSB. And during the uh, Vietnam War, with a group that was going to form a perfect church, and we were going to um, change the whole world. And, and because we had that crusade mentality, it, it, while there, this group morphed into a cult of personality. And what the leaders said became what God said, so that if you went against the leader, you went against God, and you were shunned, ostracized, the, the, the whole bit, and, and verbally abused badly. 
this was so difficult, it took me a couple of years to break away from, and I moved my family away, and it was uh, really two decades before I was willing to have much to do with reconnecting with God at a deep level. In the interim, I started drinking a lot. That's uh, you, If you've got a lot of pain, you've got to medicate it. Um, you, you medicate it with alcohol, prescription drugs. If, if you're a guy, maybe pornography. Um, if you're a woman, overeating and overspending. And, but hey, whatever hey, makes hey, you hey. feel good. <laughs> Sadly, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just telling you what I know. And uh, uh, mine was alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time, but I finally, when I was willing to go to AA and pick up a chip and start my life over again, that was kind of the beginning for me of getting back into a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord. Now, AA is is great for helping people get you know out of their you know problem with with drinking, but my problem went much deeper. Mine was that I was a believer who was not really connected to the Lord in a vital way. And the, and the, the reason that I got so um, turned upside down by this cult was because I wasn't grounded in, in the scriptures. Yeah. Okay, Jack, can I back up and ask you a question? Because you said uh-huh. you, were, you, were, um, you were immersed basically in this cult and you realize you're going through it, and then you had to break away. You had to decide to pull out and break away. I think so many times, especially as women, we find ourselves in a situation where the pull is like a strong magnet. And we, though we might see some red flags or recognize that things aren't right, it is really hard to make that conscious decision to, to separate ourselves from people, from the situation. Can you kind of go through those emotions and, like, just that separation? Because I think so many times we know that, in our head, we need to do something, but our hearts won't allow us because it's too painful. Can you kind of go that transition of change and letting go and separating? Yeah. Uh, I, I, can, I can talk about that in detail if you want to know the truth. I was a pharmaceutical salesman out there, so I had you know quite a bit of free time at different times during the day, and I found myself going to the UCSB library, and I remember one book that I started to read. It was called... Um, the rape of the mind, menticide, and something else by Joust A. M. Mirlo, a psychiatrist who had been a um, prisoner in one of the concentration camps during World War II, and he talked about um, what happens to people's mind when they get into into situations where there's mind control, and that's what I was in. And, and just reading the material. I would read two sentences, and I'd have to get up and walk around for an hour before I could read the next one because Mm. the cognitive dissonance between what was happening and what was purported to be happening was so dramatic that I, you know, admitting it to myself was the key. Once I really got it clear 
and realized what was happening in my family. I, I, you know, I knew I had to get out, and I ended up, I got, uh, I got accepted to Baylor University in a, a master's degree program in church-state studies, and then went, came back here to Atlanta to do a Ph.D. at Emory in um, international politics and political Jack, philosophy. Jack, we're going we're gonna to catch you after okay. the commercial, so stay right with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Togginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on Toginet.com. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended, and we are talking with Jack Watts, and we rudely interrupted you with the commercial, Jack. So tell us a little bit more about what you were, um, you were just kind of unfolding the emotions of what you went through with some of the, like, as you said, this cult that you became a part of. Well, when you pull away from something like that, it is worse than a divorce, because you are depicted as going against the will of God. And so the negative, castigating words, feelings, and everything are horrific. Um, Your kids aren't allowed to play with their little friends anymore because... Um, you know, your persona non grata, uh, just 
many, many things like that. So I saw what happened to people before me. So I ended up doing the best that I could to kind of get out as quietly as I could by going back to graduate school. But at the same time, the Lord wouldn't just let me do that. So I wrote Mm -hmm. a 17-page single-space typewritten letter about exactly what was going on in this um, church that, you know, was kind of like ruled by elders and people who arrogated God's authority to the point where they called themselves apostles Mm. and handed it to them because I, I was not going to just wimp out of town with my legs between my legs. I said, I'm going to stand here and, 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 and make a stand for it. And, and I did. And at the same time, you know, it was really hard emotionally um, because these are some of the best friends that I had in my entire life. And, uh, you know, when you're in your 20s, that's when you make your really good friends. It's As you get older, it's you don't make them quite as easily nor keep them quite as long. But fast friends from your 20s are the ones, if you stay with them, that mm-hmm. uh, become the bedrock to who you are for the rest of your life. And I had to leave all of that behind. It was very mm-hmm. hard. And the pain from it was what I would numb with the alcohol. When I picked up the chip to become, uh, you know, to become dry, it took, you know, quite a while for all of the anger to get out. And as I started reconnecting to the Lord, um, part of what I did as a business, I uh, did uh, creative work for major Christian ministries throughout America. So I did the last mailing for Jim and Tammy Baker. I did Mm. things for Pat Robertson when he decided to run for president, which really threw a a monkey wrench in his um, into the people that worked for him. I did the last mailing for Norman Vincent Peale. I did the only Bible project Billy Graham ever did. Did stuff for In Touch, everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I also was able to see what was happening in some of these ministries where the leaders had this same kind of narcissistic bent going that these apostles did, and people had to follow them and exactly what they did, and if they went offline even a little bit, they were just cast aside, and I recognized and could see in their face and what was happening with them and in the, the destruction in, that came in their lives afterwards that something was happening that didn't have anything to do with somebody walking with the Lord. It had to do with people using their authority to use, abuse, and discard people who were God's people. And in, in my spirit, I said, I, why doesn't somebody do something about this? Somebody well, and that's needs to do something point, about this. Jack, I finally I said, that, I'm going to do it. Yeah, we, we have to just stop you right there to really have that soak in because spiritual abuse is exactly what you said. It's when people have a position of power or leadership or just influence and they're furthering they're moving forward with a selfish interest of someone other than the individual who needs help. And it's like you said, if you're not grounded in God's word, it's easy to follow that personality or that leadership, even though they're misusing their position. Well, it's hard not to because you trust these people and you trust them to um, tell you what the Lord 
wants and the direction that he's going. And, it, it you know, they end up it, it, with the mentality of, like, you, you know, give your money to God, but be sure and use my address. Absolutely. And, exactly. and you know what, Jack, what you're saying is that we, we see all the time in our churches and, um, unfortunately, people that are coming, and they have been so wounded by church and religion, and they're coming and experiencing this love of Christ that's transforming that they don't know what to do with, and that's exactly what you said. I Somebody told me God loves me, and that's like such a foreign thought, and you go, but weren't they religious before? You know, but in the name of religion, we do such destructive things, and we've seen that over and over again and heard those stories over and over again from women who have been spiritually abused. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, let me ask you a question. How big a problem do you think this is? <clears throat> I have an answer. So if you, if you don't. <laughs> I know. I think it's rampant. I think, uh, I mean, the stories are ongoing. Patty and I are always amazed we, we, when we go and speak places. And uh, this, uh, the women that are coming forward and, and sharing their stories of, of past woundedness and hurt and some of these issues you've been talking about, it is It is amazing. It breaks our heart. It does break your heart. Well, at the same time that I came out with Recovering from Religious Abuse, which, by the way, is available at all Barnes & Noble, um, the Barna Group came out with a study about um, religion in America, and they uh, came up with a number of a 100, of 100 million people who are what they call unchurched, that have nothing to do with uh, Christianity. They decided to do some questions of this unchurched group, and when they did, it, it came out that there are nearly 40 million people who were once in Christendom that have left it and said, I don't want anything more to do with this, not one thing. 40 million. That's everybody in the state of California or the entire nation of Canada. Huge mm-hmm. problem of people that have dropped out. Now, you know what? If you mm-hmm. want to reach the nation for Christ, do you know what you need to do? Stop witnessing. Go back and take care of the people that have been spit out and wounded and hurt and if people can see how they've been reconciled, they'll want to be Christians. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, we people, do, people really want to Jesus. Jesus. They just don't like, that, they just don't like the people. They what? Is that the people really? They love Jesus. It's just people get in the way of it. Well, yes, that's exactly right. So they, but when they when they leave Christendom, these are people that 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 would have that would call themselves. Um, believers, and they are so disaffected that they say, I don't want anything to do with the church, I don't want anything to do with Christians, I don't want to have anything to do with God. So they end up blaming the Lord for the abuse that happens without ever stopping to think that who understands religious abuse more than Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Bit upon, falsely accused, falsely condemned, stripped naked, hung on a cross, and murdered. By whom? Religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Not, not by the Romans who washed their hands of it, but by the false religious leaders who 
he got in their way of their power and their authority. It's exactly the same thing happening all over the country today. And here we have this situation where there are as many people who are wounded as are healthy. I mean, whatever happened to the, you know, leave the 99 that are safe and go after the one sheep that is lost. Well, these are sheep, and they are out there hurting. And, you know, I have found that very few people are interested in helping them. They're interested in going after the lost. They, it's, it's like trying to, you know, make an amends with somebody that, that you've wounded. It's much easier to try and make a new friend who thinks you're wonderful than go back to somebody that you've done wrong to and say, you know what, I have been wrong, I've done the wrong thing, and I need to own up to that and offer whatever I can do to make you right again, but they don't do it. And so that's why I wrote the book, you know, Recovering from Religious Abuse, and and uh, Simon & Schuster published it, and yet at the same time, um, you can hardly find it at a Lifeway um, Christian bookstore or whatever the family bookstores are now, but you can find it at Barnes & Noble. And the, uh, interestingly, I'm as conservative as they come, the group that has helped me, only group that has really helped me push this, has been the Huffington Post. Ooh, I mean, wow. you know, I... Mean, uh, I worked full-time in Republican politics for a while, and the Huffington Post is the group that has seen that, yes, I, you know, this is something that's wrong, and this is some material that can help. And they have um, published four articles that I've done on the whole subject, which I have not been able to get any traction within the religious Christian community. Very little. Well, and you know what, that's not surprising, because Patty and I have experienced a lot of that in our journey over the years of just trying to do ministry. And I know we just we have a, just a few seconds until we have to take a commercial break, but when we come back, Doc, we just want to talk about just the, the hope and the healing and just even having fun, even, because Patty and I love to have fun, and we've built part, so much a part of our um, thing with helping women is getting them to laugh again and to connect and to have fun and to go, Jesus, he brings a smile to your face, you know, and, and it's some of the stuff that man creates is very heavy, but Jesus really, he lightens the load and he wants us to laugh a little bit and do life together. So as we come back, we would love to just talk about um, with you some of the stuff that you have put into place and that you've let people see and just how we can just kind of do this journey together, still find the laughter connections and just uh, see Jesus really as a delight and just enjoying life again and enjoying it with each other and not and cutting off all that negative and uh, that heavy stuff, that spiritual abuse that it really is real and that we have to acknowledge and, and define it but yet move past it. So we just appreciate all your thoughts today, what we're doing. So as we go into this commercial break, we want to come back with uh, – with some of the, the parts of fun and connecting and the stuff that you have laid out in your book. So stay with us as we come back in.
This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Join us for self-aid success stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on togginap.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on DougieNet.com. Be a part of Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio. Her goal is to inspire you to be creative every day. Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 central on DougieNet.com. Pat lives and breathes being creative through her quilt design business, but her creativity and interests have no bounds. On her show, she'll be introducing us to guests through interviews and talks that have a creative life. We'll learn more about what goes on in the world of quilting. And since Pat, like many of us, is creative in many ways, she'll also introduce us to creative people in other crafts like knitting, crochet, paper arts, and lots more. Pat is also an author, a lecturer, designer, and cheerleader of many. She's tried her hand at making almost everything you can think of and does many crafts to keep her inspired to create. Check out her website, patsloan.com. What makes Pat most happy is to inspire others to be creative every day. So join us for Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are speaking with author Jack Watts, who recently wrote a book called Recovering from Religious Abuse. You can find that book in the bookstores as well as to go on our site and find out a little bit more about Jack Watts. And Jack, you were just talking to us about some of the, I think you called it the 11 steps to spiritual freedom. So just share with us in this next segment on what our listeners, if they are dealing with spiritual abuse, what are some of the steps that can make them aware and how they can move forward and get out of this abuse. Well, I'm glad that you said that because um, it, it doesn't work to just do nothing. It doesn't work to repress it. It doesn't work to just say, well, I'm going to forget about it and move on. If you want your life to be fulfilled, if you want your life to be happy, if you want to have the joy and the reconnection at a really deep level with the Lord, you got to do a little bit of work. Now, that's what this book's about. The 11 steps to recovery from religious abuse take a total of 91 days, three months. And if people go in and do the work, which essentially acknowledges that the problem is, is theirs, they're going the wrong direction, and even though they didn't create the problem, 
they're the ones that are responsible for getting back on track and then acknowledging <clears throat> that God is not the author of the abuse. The abuser is. So you break that apart and recognize that the way to health and wholeness is reconnecting with him. And the way to do that is you write out the story of, of what it is, ultimately taking responsibility for everything that you have done that has been wrong as a result of all of this, and then forgiving yourself and ultimately forgiving your abuser. Well, now, that doesn't I, mean that you've got to sit at their feet again. Absolutely. But you've got to forgive them. And that, that's such a good point, Jack. With First of all, you said a couple of things there that if you're not properly dealing with it, um, like you said, you, you're talking about you know journaling and, and writing it out. And I think that is so important because if you are not processing it, at least processing, processing it with another healthy person or writing it down, it can degenerate into bitterness and cynicism towards everything spiritual. And that's why we have such a problem, like you said, with the Barna group, that 40 million have left the church because they are they are just taking that and harboring it with this, you know, bitterness. They're letting it manifest. So if you're writing it down, and I, I think another thing you said is, um, almost like labeling it. So many people don't even realize that they're under a spiritual abuse attack. And so just to even go, okay, wait a minute, this is why I'm so cynical in this area is because I've had X, Y, Z, or this person do that. And like you said, that person is not God. That person is not representing Jesus. They're representing whatever benefits them and narcissism and everything else. So you need to, to take a stance and unpack those, those issues before you start letting that be what your model of Jesus is. If you take the 91 days and do the work necessary, you can put not only put this stuff behind you, but it will heal you. And one more thing, it will give you a level of maturity and discernment that you have never experienced so that instead of being a weak, defeated Christian, you will end up being stronger than you have ever been in your entire life than the positive things that the Lord has for you are all coming back into your life again. So you don't have to worry about uh, what, you know, all of the debilitating things. Your life becomes fruitful once again, exactly the way that it's supposed to be. Yes, and I do believe that, and I know, you know, Lisa and I, we have both talked about, it just seems like in the last year about spiritual abuse that you you weren't even aware of it. I know I, I grew up and went to um, a Christian school, and I look at, you know, I, I had great leaders and great teachers, but there were a few, and it only takes a few, <laughs> that can really scar you and wound you unless you, you let that go and surrender it over to God. Or you do have a skewed perspective of the church, and the body of Christ really is the hope of the world, and we need to let those things go and deal with it so it doesn't manifest. 
And um, I, I just think this is such a great subject uh, to, to deal with. Well, and Jack, I love some of the points you're talking about because really when you're talking about it, being willing to do the work and, and, to, um, and then you, on the other side of abuse really is freedom. And I think so many times we um, kind of take in that bondage and not realize that that whole frog in the kettle thing. We don't realize how much bondage we're in until we start doing the work and we see on the other side and we see the freedom that Jesus really wants us to have. And, and then one of the things Patty and I love to say is do it with a try that trusted friend. So you have somebody in the journey along with you that can speak into your life and that can encourage you and talk things through with you. Because I know so many times as women, we just need somebody to listen and somebody to download and to say, hey, what do you see? What do you, you know, this is what, this is my lens. And really speak into, but finding a trusted friend that's healthy. Oh, that's that absolutely out. true. One of the, uh, one of the 11 steps that is, is that I talk about is um, not just having this be between you and God, but having it with somebody that's a trusted friend. Because uh, if it's just you and God, you have a tendency to skirt over some of the things that you really don't want to deal with. And a trusted friend can say, uh, "Ix nail on that, honey. We've got to go back and take a look at this because you've got a problem in this area, and we need to resolve that. And that is the way to really heal at the deepest level. I want to tell you, I've been sober for 18 years, and I don't, I mean, I, I remember I had to have something to drink to just numb the pain. I don't have any pain anymore, and I have a better relationship with the Lord than I have ever had in my entire life, and I know what I'm doing, and I know what I'm talking about, and I know what my purpose is, and there aren't many people that can say that that have been through a world of pain and hurt, but I did the work that I needed to do, and what I decided to do was to take all of that and categorize it and, and break it up and put it into bite-sized little portions so that anybody who wanted to do this and to, and to, and to get well could just go ahead and um, do these 11 steps that are, in, that are in the book. And, you know, there isn't anybody that's listening to this program today that isn't thinking they either need it themselves or, you know what, old Susie needs this, or John, this is what's wrong with him, and th he should have heard this, but, you know, everybody knows somebody who is wounded, and if you just let them know that there's help, um, unfortunately, they have put, put the book in Christian Inspiration in, in Barnes & Noble in that section, and I think, it should be in self-help, but it's like if somebody is wounded, they'll go to self-help, but they're, if they're wounded by the church, they're certainly not by themselves going to go into Christian inspiration. So, it's, you know, it's kind of a little catch-22 there, but it's, it's, in, it's in all the stores. So, if, you know, um, if somebody wants it, it's available. And I have a website, um, pushingjesus.com, and it's full of recovery material. I mean, they're, they're... Well, and I love that because that's exactly what people need. It's like, okay, so I recognize that I, I'm in this um, trap, basically, and I need help, and, but I need the steps. And we have this on our website also, how to reach you, and, and love what you put together because we do need the steps to doing it. And you were talking about having that trusted friend that will just kind of tell you the truth. And you know what? And I am so grateful. I have a trusted friend. Patty, who, who holds nothing back, I must say, Jack. So 
she will tell me and, and she will, uh, you know, mock me in my, and we all need that. We all need somebody that's just really going to put that mirror in front of our face in love and help us get through this. Yes, because if people get well, if Christians are actually the kind of people that we say we are, that's very attractive to a lost world. When we're plastic and, and really frauds, that's not attractive to anybody. Nobody cares about that. But healed Christians become some of the strongest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're compassionate and they've been there and they don't want to wound others the way that they have been wounded. Oh, gee, and who, who else was like that? Oh, yeah, the Lord. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Lord was like. I mean, he, who did he like? He liked sinful people because mm-hmm. they were attracted to him because he was different. And he didn't, and, and he loved them in spite of who they were. And mm-hmm. he, that's what we're supposed to be as Christians. Well, well you know what? You another word that really surprised me, kind of dissecting this, is another word is, is just the spiritual pride that kind of comes along with it. Oh. That people feel like it's their right, and they know a little bit more and have a little deeper walk. So, it, it, there's a lot of pride that's involved with this. But, but the message I think we want to leave is that there is hope, and there is freedom, and there's healing, and uh, there's joy again uh, beyond this. We don't have to be trapped or defined by it. And we see so many women. Especially women that allow that abuse, whatever that form was, to define them the rest of their life. Well, and, you know, for women, a lot of the uh, abuse is actually domestic abuse, and they're, and they're told that they're supposed to submit to their husbands uh, no matter what. And, you know, the, and, and when, a, when a husband is extraordinarily abusive, including physically or, 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 some, or sometimes sexually demanding when they, you know, when they really aren't, it isn't in a situation that's romantic. Um, and then a woman complains or she backs off in any way, the church comes down on, on them and they, ha- they retreat into a shell and they end up um, overspending, over medicating with prescriptions and um, overeating um, as, as a way of protecting themselves. Uh, from from the abuse, so this is particularly good for women, more so I think than men, and because there's more abuse of women than there is abuse of men in our society. Well, we are ending the show on that thought, Jack. Just thank you so much for being with us today. And once again, check out girlfriendit.com and find out a little bit more about Jack and his book, Recovering from Religious Abuse. Thank Listen, you. Thank you. You guys are fun. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show to